Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. They kill it until it's dead. She beats it over the head and I'm like, yes, yeah, I agree totally. The general wolf rules for life. And I kind of like them. Maybe that's why Kara loves being naked so much. Yeah, yeah. because clothes offend her. Of course you think it's the best one. Oh, it is. I was like, like, this story is about me. If anyone's seen adolescent pictures of Kara, you'll know why. (laughs) Like it was, you know, one of those cries when you can't even get, like, the, you're just like, <laughs> like, it was one of those, like, it was hardcore. Just give me the facts and tell me how to do it. <laughs> totally. I need emotional intelligence now. Right, no one knows, like, that dating is essentially an exercise in understanding what you don't want. All yeah. 40 of those guys. My <laughs> body <laughs> Mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with love. And we're gonna talk it out. On Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hi, I'm Sarah. I started Book Interrupted and asked the closest people to me to be part of it. First, I asked my sister. Hi, I'm Meredith the sister. My first friend. Hi, I'm Kim, the first friend. My old roommate. Hi, I'm Lindsay, the old roommate. My high school friend. Hi, I'm Kara, the high school friend. My good friend and Kara's sister. That's me. Hi, I'm Leah, Sarah's friend, Kara's sister, and the final member of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from January 3rd to February 7th. It's Sarah's book cycle, which is mine. And the book we're reading is Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Picola Estes, PhD. Through storytelling, this book dives into the wild woman archetype and how it can be restored. If you'd like more information about Book Interrupted and our current book cycle, please go to www.bookinterrupted.com. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Can I start it off by asking who finished the book? It took me like two months to read 150 pages. And then in three days, I did the rest. And this was my strategy. I read all of the fairy tales. And then on any given paragraph, I would read the first sentence. If she was going off talking about Greek mythology or something that did not have to do with the analysis, I skipped to the last sentence. And then I went on. So I skipped a lot of paragraphs. And if she started a sentence where she's like, I'm going to give you an example followed by 20 more examples. <laughs> I'd be like, I just need the first example. I get it. I know what you're talking about. And if you just took that, I think it would be the book would be like 100 pages. But it wouldn't be the same book, Mare. It, it was like the reading the Old book. Testament. Have you tried that? And the birds and the dogs and the cows and the horses and the elephants and the this. Like the Old Testament just goes on like and on. Like all animals. The creatures created. Like I get it. You made all the animals. Just say that. <laughs> you know, so she's, it's kind of written like the Old Testament. Uh, that's how I got through all it. Right. It's like, I can skip this whole three pages. I get it. That's what that thing symbolizes. But then it doesn't sink into deep knowing and understanding. Part of the thing I like about the book, I know that like other people, that's what they hate about the book the most. 
but I maybe because when I dive into something I kind of like to like overly obsess about a topic until I've like killed it and that's what the book does with every single story they kill it until it's dead she beats it over the head and I'm like yes yeah I agree totally and then we get to the next story and I'm finally satisfied so I loved it but that's my personality like let's beat something over the head. Yeah, I totally, the exact same thing, Sarah. And what it did for me was it forced me out of thinking mind. Like by going on and on and on and on, it made me have to like sever that comfort of remaining in critical mind. I had to get into intuitive mind because it's the only way through you're gonna get through 5,000 pages on the same topic shared just a million different ways, right? I yeah, did I'm consider getting like an Audible subscription or something for it because she does have a lovely speaking voice. Maybe yeah, that would change the experience. It. Yeah, I didn't know you. if that was like cheating or not. I didn't finish the book. That's not cheating. But I did recommend it. I sent it to my girlfriend who's a writer for her birthday because I was... I didn't finish it. I got to 150, barely, by pure force. But I did. I was like, well, I got to finish it. And I listened to a little bit of it on Audible, and her voice is heavenly. It so is? maybe that would be. Oh. But is that cheating? No. I, no. Not at all. I also downloaded. Okay. She has like an audio book that she did oh. before she wrote the book, I think. Or mm. they say it before it came out. And it's just like, um, I got from my library. It was like two hours or two and a half hours. And I could not get through 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. I had the opposite experience as you, Leah. There you go. Well, I didn't end up buying the Audible, so clearly. I was like, who's you? It was a beautiful voice for that 15-second sample. (laughs) No, I'm sure she has a great voice, but you know what I mean. I really liked the, I thought the myths were beautiful and the stories were beautiful. And I actually, in my book report, you'll hear that I said I only got about halfway through. Well, last night, where I don't even have where the thing is, but last night I actually went through and read just the rest of the the stories and the myths because I liked them. Mm -hmm. I thought they were beautiful. And I just think that the whole, it was just drowning in analysis. And exactly what Sarah said is exactly the opposite. I want to be told something and then me be able to take from it and make my own opinions. I don't want to be told 25,000 times what her opinion is of it and how to analyze something. I'd rather, you know, it's if you're looking at a piece of art, I don't want somebody to stand over my shoulder and say, you know, this is the reason that this is blue and this is red. I want to be like, well, I feel that this is blue and this is red for my own reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think as an artist and as a writer, I want people to take from my stuff and make their own opinions. I don't want somebody to have to tell, I don't want to have to, you know, explain it to somebody. And so I think that's what the problem I had with this book is I don't want the explanation. I just want the, and she wrote those stories. Like she took them from other people and wrote them. Mm. So, and her poetry, some of her poetry in there is beautiful. She has some really nice poetry. And I love, I want to say one other thing. I love, I did get to the end of the book and I'm sure I think everybody has seen these or read them, but if you guys didn't get, I saw it a lot on the internet, but the general wolf rules for life. And I kind of like them. So for you two that didn't get to this, are you okay if I read them? Yeah, Yeah. they're so good. What what page is it? It's on page 498. So the very end of the book or almost the end of the book. For me, it sent up the book, even though I'm not an expert and I didn't read the whole thing. But it's a general wolf rules for life. Eat, rest, rove in between, render loyalty, love the children, cavil in moonlight, tune your ears, attend to the bones, make love, and howl often. Often. Yes. I like it. 
Oh, howl. <laughs> so I really like that of the book, even though it was me too. Kim, what do you think? You haven't even you haven't said anything. No, I'm just. I feel like I don't. I'm not qualified <laughs> to speak about it because that's how little I read. How um, how much did you read? I don't. I yeah. I wish. I like when everyone was saying page numbers. I was like, oh, I got uh, to the end of Skeleton Woman, and well, I'll, I'll tell you where I was. I was about to begin Ugly Duckling. It's so the best one. Jim. I know, it's and you told me. And, of course, you, know. you think it's the best one. Oh, it is. I was like, I was like, this story is about me. No. If anyone's seen adolescent pictures of Carrie, you'll know why. <laughs> hey, hey, I knew her when she was adolescent. I we were friends back. I know. We've known each other since so, we were eight years old. Yeah, really. And my glasses were this yeah. big. The glasses so big. were the best. and my bangs started <laughs> back here. <laughs> yeah, bangs. I was like, I know the bowl cut. Like it was so, it was so Sally Jesse Raphael. It was so good. <laughs> Your mom was making you look super weird. Yeah. The weird. But she's weird unique, person. right? Yeah, she's You're unique. unique. New York. Yeah. Unique. Me and I were only allowed New to wear, York. yeah, like green and brown clothing when growing <laughs> up. Right? Like, oh, oh my, wow. she wouldn't allow other colors always was she trying overall. to go against corduroy. gender roles like so was she trying corduroy. to embrace like the yellows and the know. greens in a and she dressed us like we were like kind of like poets or something yeah you <laughs> like, know what yeah You're like a lot, of corduroy, a lot of turtlenecks <laughs> so many like turtlenecks and oh my yeah. god that's it we that's are, are simon and garfunkel so yes yes <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting style goal. Oh, dude. It, <laughs> they owned it. It is interesting. They owned it. Sure, we did. <laughs> Maybe that's why Kara loves being naked so much. Yeah, because yeah. clothes yeah. offend her. She's sweating in corduroy and turtlenecks. Guys, like, it's <laughs> not like an me. exaggeration. It was all turtlenecks. It was all turtleneck after turtleneck. Oh did you guys ever have Dickies? My mom used to get us Dickies. No, that wouldn't Dickies? have been We weren't right. spared and that. No, we had to go full turtle. <laughs> hey, I'm wearing a turtleneck. I like my turtle. No, it looks turtleneck. Good. I no. love a turtleneck. But yeah, but what is your only <laughs> option? Do you only wear turtlenecks? Choice? No, of course not. <laughs> like, gee, what turtleneck will I wear today? <laughs> this interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. Interruption for wolves. I need all the interruptions I can get. I'm really struggling with this book. Book Interrupted. I have a question for yeah. both Sarah and Kara because they're the two that loved this book. Was there any particular stories that you you read and then the analysis that really touched you or that something that, because I know both of you said it changed your life. So I want to know how it changed your life because for me, it didn't obviously. And for the rest of us four, it doesn't seem like it changed our lives. Yeah, like which story resonated with you the most and why? Do you want to go first, Kara? Yeah, you, you go, go first. Sarah. The most polite members goes to... So for me, it's like that Cinderella story and it's right in the beginning of the book it's right after the like the second story so you probably all have read it when she goes meets baba yaga that one yeah yeah 
Yeah, in the four, yeah. And she has the stepmother and the two stepsisters. Yeah, that one just really sp spoke to me and I think it was just what was happening at the time. I feel like the step family is like your ego, your pain body, and what was like um, groundbreaking for me is victim. So for me, whenever I get upset about something, I either go, and I used to always go to self-loathing, which is your pain body. It's an Eckhart Tolle reference. In the New Earth, he calls it your pain body, where you're like self-negative self-talk, like you're so stupid, why did you do it that way? Like I used to do that all the time to myself until, until I read that book. It's one of my favorite books. Because of that, I was like, oh man, I do talk to myself a lot really meanly. So I actually named my pain body back then as if it was someone else being mean to me because that's what I felt like. like. I would never let anyone talk to someone I loved in that way. Why am I talking to myself that way? So I called her Sally. Yeah. So whenever I would be like, I'd be clumsy or something and I'd be like, oh, you're so stupid. Everyone's laughing at you. And I'd be like, okay, Sally, you're not stupid. You just tripped. You're a human being enough. <laughs> no, you guys need to name the characters. It's so fun and helpful. So, um, and then I had one for the ego to like, whenever I, to when I get angry, I immediately go to beating myself up. And then I go to no, the other way, I like flip all the way to the other side where I'm like, why is everyone being upset with me in the first place? Cause I am so awesome. And then I go to ego and then all of a sudden, which I, this book helped me realize. What's ego's name? Can you share uh, what ego's name yeah. is? Cassandra. <laughs> and, um, He's a diva. <laughs> one of the things I really do when I get upset, but I never really recognized it until I was reading this particular story in the book, was I go to victim. Like all of a sudden, poor me. Like no one appreciates me and no one really loves me that much. And if I wasn't here, like I go into so self-pity. And then I realized I was doing that a lot. So what I catch myself beating myself up so I could easily stop myself from doing that, but I would just grab hold of I'm a victim and not let go. So now whenever I get really upset, I, I like look for all three of those, you know, common threads. And then I'm able to actually consciously be like, okay, what's really happening here? Do you know what I mean? Like actually figuring out like emotional intelligence, what's happening instead of being like, poor me. Like what's happening is that I do everything and no one ever appreciates me. Victim have a name? Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I think I called. Oh, that's so great that you don't remember. I don't even remember now. That's so good. But I was able to snap. I'm able to snap out of the victim way faster than I ever could with Sally. Sally took a long time. I really Fucking Sally. Fuck that really bitch. hated myself back then. Like to the point where I would listen to Eckhart Tolle in my iPod when I'd walk back and forth to work because his voice is soothing, but just kind of remind myself like, you're a good person and you're nice. Stop being mean. That was that when you, you and I lived together, right? That was before we moved in. Right before we moved in, actually. But obviously I was still work, probably working on it when we were living together. It took a while for Sally to go. Yeah, I think by. it's like an ongoing project. Once you, like, because once you shared with me that you named your, like, your judge slash critic, your pain body, your ego, your victim, then I stole it and did it as well. And you can just catch yourself that much more quickly. And it's way easier to flip the bird to a character than to yourself. Cause that's what you need to do. You need to like enough, like enough, because that's just conditioned thoughts, right? That just keeps you creating the identity that you created for yourself at a point in your past where it served you well to have those thoughts because then it would create a certain result and you'd be allowed to live through your life and survive it. But you need to like nip it in the butt. It's so helpful guys. If, if you ever- Kara, how many characters do you have? <laughs> 
Oh my God. So many. Well, just those yeah, four primary, like the ego, the ego is Liza after Liza Minnelli and the critic or judge is Vivian after Vivian Westwood. The victim is Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. And also because she's very dramatic and that's my overriding energy in my psyche. Like I always go back to victim. Um, and then what? Oh, pain body is, um, after a streetcar named desire, Blanche Dubois, Blanche. And I just, and it just, you know, so yeah, but it's fun. It makes it more fun. So you can giggle when you're in the shit. You know what I mean? Victim is Terry. Sorry. I just remembered. Terry. Terry. (laughs) Oh, Terry. Terry. It's a fun way to, uh, cultivate mindfulness. Because yes, that's, that's exactly what, what it is. Right? That's really what's happening there. Um, it reminds me of this metaphor that they use in acceptance and commitment therapy called passengers on the bus. And so all of those characters that you just described are passengers on your bus, but you're the driver, right? So Terry might be in the back being like, oh, I never get to go where I want to go or whatever, right? And it's like the point is that you accept that Terry's there and you're like, yeah, Terry, I hear you. Anyways, I'm driving. <laughs> so it's cool. Like, so why, like, it's hard to be mindful if you don't get a hook. And those are good. Yes. Hooks, right. For mindfulness. And then what happens is you're able to respond. That's the emotional intelligence part, right? Rather than react. Because exactly. when you let Terry drive the bus, right? Yeah. Then you're reacting from your victim, right? So it's like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And I love don't that. Like, Terry I, don't, I, I don't understand what that has to do with that story. <laughs> but like, well, well, it reminded her about. about all the people that she carries with so her because I'm, each of Clarissa's stories, although there are characters, they're actually archetypes. energies within all of our psyches. So I act as if they're the three-step family. And then when I feel them coming, when I'm upset about something, I actually visualize taking like that skull and burning them into ashes. Wow. I thought you were going to say, I imagine the doll and asking, giving the doll food and asking her which way to no, go. But I was not expecting to say burning the doors. I take well, the skull and burn them to the ashes. For me, that Shh, story me. was way more about intuition. And I guess, I guess you could relate, but like, for me, it was how the mother gave her that doll. And it's like the role of the mother parent, right? The female figure in making sure like that, the, the, the only, like the one thing, like, or the most important thing that they pass on is that willingness to trust yourself, right? To listen to your intuition. And like that lesson was translated through the vehicle of the doll right she didn't know what to do and she listened to the doll which she thought was her mother until she did know what to do and it was like that handing down of the concept right like the intangible lesson of you need to trust yourself and you have a really powerful gift to know what to do but that the only way to get there is through doing the work of the hands it's not just about sitting there and being a passive participant in your life it's about So yes to all you're saying and the path to get there is through doing the work. So while she's with, well, what's her name? Salida. While she's with Baba Yaga, it's about doing the sorting and the sifting. What has priority? What has value? What can fall away? Where do things belong outside externally and internally? Yeah, I like that. So the way to connecting to the self-confidence of knowing the knowing is within you is through doing the doing. Absolutely, because that 
that resonates with me because I often can cognitively grasp a concept. And like, so through my teens and early twenties, I cognitively understood things, but only from the perspective of of my forties, looking back, do I see the messy mistakes um, as the doing that made me actually, you know, at my fibers understand what I always understood, but didn't really understand because I didn't, they weren't, you know, folded into my existence. Yeah. You right? didn't have the experiential learning part, which That's is correct. inevitably messy. Yes. You have to have the messy for the learning to sink. It's yeah. just like when you like do dating and, and you figure out what you don't want. Right. No one knows like that dating is essentially an exercise in understanding what you don't want (laughs) and then you do it enough and it fails all the time. And that's the way it's supposed to be, because then you figure out, oh, okay, all of those things I don't want. (laughs) Now I know what I do want. All of that. All of it. (laughs) All 40 of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so that was a story for me. Just prior to beginning Clarissa's book, I had been getting into like Enneagram stuff, which is just another way of archetypes because yes, I'm obsessed. The Ugly Duckling story spoke to that in great detail and tons of healing came about as that. I realized one of my primary values is inclusion and that I don't need to hold on to the story of I'm so different. I'm always on the outside. I'm always being pushed off. I'll be forgotten about. It was like just a beautiful story about like it's better to be even on your own than to stay somewhere where you don't belong and that that there is everything natural and beautiful about that so that was that story was great because it just helped me step into owning it and being responsible around those thoughts and behaviors that kept making me believe I was always outside of the circle and then the second story that like well Sarah I don't even know that she understood a word that I said that day when I called like it was you know one of those cries when you can't even get like the, you're just like <laughs> like it was one of those like it was hardcore um just because my husband and I absolutely do love each other but I'm changing and so that impacts the dynamic and so we're just trying to figure out that new dynamic right and so I read the story of the skeleton woman and when that woman climbs up like onto the ship deck and the man like makes time for her and the tear and I was I was utterly convinced I was like not even just my husband but no one will ever want to make time to understand me and again that was me realizing my second primary value which is understanding and so that one, it literally, it was like a, huh, 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 huh. I was like, I, I can't read the story. I can't finish the book. I'm convinced. I remember you called to me. You're like, you called me. And you're like, will everyone, anyone ever want to unravel me? I was like, what? Of course yeah. oh, they no. will. Like no one. What? I was like, and especially I was like, just because Bob of and I are so different. Like we're so polar opposites. He's all instinct. I'm all to intuition. And he's so practical. I was like, I was convinced. I was like, why would he take the time to want to get to know me? I was like, it just doesn't fall into his level of like, like what is practical here. And so I was convinced. I was like, and then I just started to wonder. And that's when I called Sarah. I was like, will any man or partner ever want to take the time to get to know their partner? Like fully. And I was, and how I was, long have you been together with Bob? 
I would argue he probably thinks he knows you. He probably thinks that's done on his oh, to-do list. The thing is, he does know me. That's, but again, <laughs> yes. it made me, totally. the story was so impactful because it made me come face to face with some really not wonderful limiting beliefs. And that's why it was beautiful and glorious for me, at least, is that because I like to sweep things under the rug. I'm like, everything is harmonious and beautiful. Like, I don't like to look at reality. So this that's book like a made really me. classic for Enneagram four thing to do is like to idealize your partner yep. and hang all your hats on that hat rack. Oh yeah, all of it. Yeah, because Leah <laughs> and then was Enneagram four too. Yeah, and we put everything our partner and like they is meant to, to solve her life. All of your needs, and that you're that you think you're so fucking special. Yeah, that someone would need to take 10, 15 years to unravel you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. totally. Like nobody's got that kind of time. No one. <laughs> Not even you. Like you can't even unravel you. <laughs> and I say that as a hardcore four <laughs> you guys love the archetypes thing because it tells you it informs you about like your emotional intelligence and like looking at your reactions and figuring out what you need that's why i like non-violent communication because oh. it just basically says any feeling you have is either because you have a need that's being met or a mm. need that's not being met mm. and then you go oh mm. why do i feel angry something's not being met and you can look at a list of needs and be like oh whatever i didn't eat whatever i don't know like there's needs like yeah no I like that. I like it. Whatever. Getting into like attachment theory. Yeah. Um, like but it's it. interesting because you guys approach it that way with archetypes. And I'm totally like, give me the facts and the data, man. Yes. Like, I just want to get to it. Like, give yeah, me a and table and your, with a yeah. list. The like, thickness of your book reflects so it cool. Because we're so different that way, right? I know that's true, Katie. Right. The thickness of her book reflects it. Our book's like super small print and like super. Oh, <laughs> like, let's get to the point. Old Testament is the best description I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Imagining. Maybe I hope I don't set myself up for disappointment, but I'm expecting satisfaction because I know what Mary's describing. And that's like speaking to me. I'm like, that's what I want. I don't have time for bullshit. <laughs> I just, I just give me the facts and tell me yeah, how to do it. Totally. I need emotional intelligence now when I'm feeling angry or sad or something. Like totally. my kids are triggering me and I need to be able to deal with it today. I need to protect Pronto. them. Right. And, and, and me and Kara want to slowly unravel our skeleton. I know. Ooh, I got my shoulder at this that time. Cool. Let's look at that. <laughs> Let's look at that for 10 years. Yeah. Totally. Um, and from 150 years. different angles. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. Was it Coyote Dick? Yeah, the Coyote, coyote Dick. It's like yeah. a relationship, this book. You gotta be <laughs> It right. is. Yeah. Should I do that next time I have make love to my husband? <laughs> Me being picking apart my soul and naming my pain body or whatever. Yeah. You <laughs> right. Like it's very unusual for them not to be touching my body. Like once it came out of me, I was like, where have you been hiding my whole life? <laughs> Book interrupted. <laughs>